0: Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps' 5 Must Know Things. This episode for the Business Week ended 17th February 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This time, the Kemby bodes well for Biogen, AbbVie predicts US Humira erosion, Sanofi's R&D chief moves on, Roche's ophthalmology plans, and script asks what 2023 holds for AI in pharma. Azai likely answered a lot of questions during its recent quarterly earnings call that investors have going into its partner Biogen's fourth quarter presentation scheduled for 15th February. Even so, new Biogen CEO Christopher Wiebacher and the company's leadership team are guaranteed to face multiple queries about the US launch of Alzheimer's drug Lakembi during his first earnings call since taking the helm, Mandy Jackson writes. Ivan Chung. ASI's US Chairman and CEO and Global Alzheimer's Disease Officer, said during the Japanese Big Pharma's 6th February fiscal year 2022 third quarter earnings presentation that, so far, the launch is going at least as well as expected after the US FDA granted accelerated approval for the on 6th January. The first prescription was written on 23rd January, and the first patient to be treated outside of a clinical trial was infused on the 3rd of February. Everything we have seen so far suggests Azai is operating with clockwork precision on its Lakembi strategy, which we believe bodes very well for partner Biogen, Canaccord Genuity analyst Sumant Kulkarni said in a 6th February note. Analysts agreed in reports previewing Biogen's fourth quarter earnings and 2023 guidance that Lakembi's launch in the US is the single most important event for the company this year, even though the product is expected to generate minimal revenue in 2023. The newer Alzheimer's drug may be a key element in the reversal of Biogen's fortunes. UBS analysts said in a 29th January preview note that investor focus remains firmly on the Lakembi regulatory reimbursement path in 23. The view of Lakembi's relevance to Biogen's future is wide-ranging, However, with Canaccord's Kulkani predicting peak worldwide sales of $4.21 billion in 2033 and Goldman Sachs analysts indicating in a 20th January earnings preview that they expect Lakembi sales to top out at $15.7 billion globally in 2035. Azi will record revenues for the drug with the company's sharing profits and losses equally under a partnership agreement that was revised in March 2022. Cheng told Azai's call that the response to Lakembi's US approval has been enthusiastic, with doctors, healthcare providers and payers seeking more information about the product. So far, we've received many, many requests from payers to conduct clinical data presentations with high level of engagement, Cheng told Azai's call. Payers appreciate our transparency in data exchange in frequent discussions about Lakembi's safety profile, efficacy profile and clinical meaningfulness. While the first commercial sale of Lakembi was achieved on 18 January, prescriptions to date have been covered by patients paying cash out of pocket or using ASI's patient assistance program, which became operational on 6 January. Assistance through the PAP is provided to uninsured and underinsured patients, including Medicare beneficiaries who meet financial and other criteria. Ten days after the first Humira biosimilar reached the U.S. market, AbbVie is giving investors a definitive sense of what U.S. revenue erosion will be for its top seller in 2023 – 37%, with CEO Richard Gonzalez saying the vast majority of that will be from price. Joseph Haas writes that Amgen launched Amdivita, the first U.S. FDA-approved biosimilar of Adalimumab, on 31st of January with two prices – discounted by 5% or 55% off of AbbVie's wholesale acquisition cost for the anti-TNF biologic. Eight additional Adalimumab biosimilars will launch during the second half of 2023, and AbbVie, which had been preparing for the Humira loss of exclusivity since the company's inception in 2013, has guided investors to expect the deepest hit to the product revenues this year and next with the company targeting a return to overall growth in 2025. The Chicago area pharma firm said it expects 27% sales erosion for the product during Q1 of 2023. We said because there will be nine biosimilars coming to market in the middle of the year, we would expect more of the erosion to come in the second half of the year, Gonzalez told the company's sales and earnings call on 9 February. Humira's full-year sales were $21.24 billion, up 3%. Gonzalez added that it is too early to tell when the trough of revenue erosion for the product will occur, but said it's likely that 2023 will be a year of price-based erosion, followed by volume erosion in 2024. AbbVie has negotiated contracts with insurers covering approximately 90% of covered lives to keep Humira on formularies with preset discounts a key part of its long-term planning for the product's US loss of exclusivity. In 2024, you will basically have two impacts on Humara, Gonzalez said. You will have the annualization of this year, and we expect more of an impact in the second half of 2023. So when you annualize that, you're going to have an impact that flows through to 2024. And then we would expect further erosion, both price and probably to a greater percent volume in 2024. Earlier in the week, Gonzalez also indicated in an interview with the Wall Street Journal that Avi now is open to larger M&A deals, having limited itself to $2 billion a year in business development while completing the integration of Allagan and paying down debt related to that transaction. We are certainly in a position now that if the right thing were to come along, we could do a transaction that would be much larger, the CEO told the call. John Reed is leaving a mixed legacy after almost 5 years as head of R&D at Sanofi, at a time when the company has struggled to propel products into the market to reduce its reliance on the mega blockbuster Dupixent. The French drug maker has announced that Reed, who joined the company in July 2018, having led research and early development activities at Roche's pharmaceuticals division for 5 years, is leaving to pursue a new opportunity outside Sanofi. Hours after his departure was announced, it was revealed that the new opportunity is at Johnson & Johnson, where Reed will be head of pharmaceuticals R&D, Kevin Grogan writes. "Reed will take over at the beginning of April from William Haight, who has served as the interim head of J&J's pharma R&D organisation since August 2022. The healthcare giant's CEO, Joaquin Duato, called Reed an accomplished leader and highly regarded researcher, with an extraordinary track record for discovering and developing life-saving innovations on a global scale. While an internal and external search has already started to identify his successor in Paris, Dietmar Berger, who is currently Sanofi's Chief Medical Officer and Global Head of Development, will take over from Reed on an interim basis. Following his arrival from Roche, Reid led a pipeline prioritisation review which involved a return to oncology R&D for Sanofi. However, the firm's efforts have borne precious little fruit of late and suffered some high-profile clinical setbacks, the most recent being the decision to abandon its breast cancer candidate, Am after a second late-stage study failure in August. On Sanofi's fourth quarter call on 3rd February, CEO Paul Hudson said, I think we just have to be pragmatic with the setback for Amcenerstrand, and also acknowledged that the decision to discontinue a Phase two platform trial for its interleukin-2-based oncology candidate SAR444245, which was obtained through its $2.5 billion acquisition of Synthos, was a blow. He added, We have to concede that maybe our efforts are naturally moving towards an earlier oncology positioning, and we may go back to the magic a bit earlier in oncology. Hudson had warm words for Reed, saying that his contribution to our company's transformation has helped pave the way for Sanofi's emergence as a science-driven and innovation leader in our industry. With Roche's new wet age-related macular degeneration and diabetic eye disease drug for Bismo off to an impressive early commercial launch, the company showcased the eye drugs it hopes will follow Bismo to market during a virtual investor event on 13th February connected to the angiogenesis, exudation and degeneration 2023 virtual congress. The broad clinical stage pipeline is part of a substantial commitment to the ophthalmology therapeutic area. Roche is testing nine new molecular entities in the clinic, one of which is in phase three and three of which are in phase two. Our research engines are taking a two-pronged approach to alter the trajectory of vision loss experienced by so many people across the world, Global Head of Ophthalmology, Product Development, Christopher Britton said. One approach is focused on preserving vision in early-stage disease, areas like AMD and glaucoma, and the second is to restore functional vision in those with end-stage disease, areas like geographic atrophy and retinitis pigmentosa, he said. The latter work is in earlier stages of development and includes retinal pigment epithelium cell therapy in phase 2 for geographic atrophy, licensed from Lineage Cell Therapeutics in late 2021. Even longer term, Roche said it's continuing to invest in gene therapy approaches, and the company recently signed a partnership with Avista Therapeutics to use its AAV platform technology to develop gene therapies for ocular diseases. In late-stage development, Roche is continuing to invest in an implantable port delivery system for a new customised formulation of its older VEGF inhibitor, Lucentis. The product was approved for wet AMD by the US FDA last year under the brand name Susvimo as a device that could be surgically implanted into the eye and then be refilled twice a year in the clinic. In terms of dual-targeted approaches in ophthalmology, Roche highlighted it's due to fab technology, a novel bispecific fab format that's significantly smaller than bispecific antibodies and are also compatible with the port delivery system, which could deliver durability beyond six months. Finally, the biopharma industry may not have been the fastest adopter of artificial intelligence, but its vast potential means companies of every shape and size know they cannot ignore it. In the previous instalment of Scrip Asks, What Does 2023 Hold For Biopharma? AI was a feature of many responses. In this instalment, put together by Eleanor Malone, industry stakeholders share more detail on how they expect AI to change the landscape in 2023. From understanding protein folding to analysing pharma prescribing patterns via improving patient selection for clinical trials, there's no area that is off-limits when it comes to the onward march of data science. Increasingly sophisticated deep learning models developed to generate text and images are also amenable to applications in biopharma and are inspiring new generative models to design new proteins, offering the potential to revolutionise protein therapeutics. Reflecting the fact that the possible applications for AI and machine learning are broad and deep, most of our respondents flagged up multiple areas of potential for AI to prove transformative this year and further into the future. Among the ways in which our four big pharma company respondents expect AI to make an impact in 2023 are detecting and understanding diseases, predicting treatment response by individual automating routine tasks, and the translation of large language model-based machine learning to computational pharmacology. Also important will be regulation, keeping pace with technical advances, demonstrating the reliability of AI technologies, and different stakeholders in the wider health ecosystem working together. AI will increasingly strengthen our ability to interrogate large data sets, accelerating the understanding of disease etiology and progression, as well as potentially revolutionising the design process of new molecules, making it faster and more precise than ever before, predicted Marcus Schindler, who's Executive Vice President for Research and Early Development and Chief Scientific Officer at Novo Nordisk. The deep dive article presents views and predictions on AI from executives and experts from a wide range of companies, including commercial stage firms, discovery and clinical stage biotechs, tech companies, investors and CROs. For example, in the discovery stage biotech area, Asik Parik, who's CEO of precision medicine discovery firm MoMA Therapeutics, saw AI having an impact on so many things, you name it. From accelerated optimization of leads in discovery via machine learning algorithms coupled to DNA-encoded library screening, to establishing treatment effects of new drugs via comparison with synthetic control arms in development, to understanding prescribing patterns and evolving standards of care in real time in the commercial setting. Parikh's view is that such technology is no longer something biopharma companies can ignore. I look at AIML as an accelerator that one has to invest in just to stay competitive with one's peers, i.e. table stakes. Those that understand and can channel its value in the most logical manner, however, will enjoy a substantial competitive advantage, he said. Do check out the article in full for all the details. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. A note I will be travelling over the next few weeks, so this podcast will be taking a short break, but continue to check out the subscriber mailings for the selection of five must-know-things articles. As always, log in to access all these articles in full, which are linked in the article accompanying this podcast, or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.